Welcome to Abundant Feminine, a podcast for my fellow girls where we talk about entrepreneurship, manifesting, and just keep things real as fuck. I am super, super excited to be joined with my... Every time I check out your page, I feel like I learned something new that you do. <laughs> so please introduce yourself and what you have created. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Um, my name is Mai, and I own Aloha Paradise Studio and also Aloha Paradise Book Mix. I think I started both. Well, Aloha Picnics, I started the business about three years ago when we first moved to Hawaii. And then uh, Aloha Paradise Studio was literally born by accident during COVID. And so um, it's kind of an interesting experience because, you know, with COVID, everyone's lives were kind of like turned upside down. And um, I was stuck at home because I couldn't do events and weddings anymore. And then a business was born by accident. So yes, it's it's been an amazing, crazy journey. That is so awesome. And I really actually didn't realize that it was just through COVID that that started. That is super cool. And I feel like I know that you use the law of attraction, the universe kind of inspiring to bring something to you that would bring income and some goodness and creativity in this time when you couldn't do what you were kind of used to doing. Correct. Right, right. So speaking of law of attraction and manifesting, it's kind of interesting because I'm going to go back just a little bit about myself. Yes, Um, I want to. (laughs) I feel like my entire life I've always lived by the law of attraction and manifestation, but I just never knew I was doing it. Uh And then in 2007, when I first was introduced to the book of The Secret and I read it, I was like, I've been doing this my whole life. I should have wrote a book about it. Wow. (laughs) And so like all of the things that um, I took from the book, it was literally how I kind of already was living my life. And it was just neat to see that it was, like, something that people have to learn how to do, you know? Like, kind of, like, imagining the life you want, um, attracting your desire, and then putting it into action to the universe, and sending out the right energy, and then for it to return back to you, you know? So, so it was just so weird for me, because at such a young age, I was already living that type of lifestyle, but I just didn't know that that was a particular way of living that is crazy so you pretty much were totally practicing it and have like with the time of doing it had realized that when you put that good energy towards the things you wanted they would happen for you correct so it's just like now there's a label on it basically yes yes I mean, like, here's a a perfect example. Growing up, my family was really poor because our family immigrated from Thailand to um, California when I was about six years old. We lived in a few refugee camps in Thailand. And so because we fleed my birth country in Laos and um, because it was a war-torn country and it wasn't safe there for us, it was communist countries. And so I grew up in a refugee camps in Thailand. And so when we went to America, we literally, our family literally went there with just clothes on our backs, no, like, no knowledge of English, didn't have a penny to our name. And then as, as we were growing up, we grew up poor, but 
I never felt poor because my parents worked so hard and they made sure that we were taken care of. So I didn't know what the word poor was until I got to middle school when all of my friends like had credit cards and their parents were picking them up in BMWs and we would go shopping at Nordstrom and I'm like, whoa, what is this? You know? Uh-huh. And here I am with like my three sisters or my two sisters and my grandma. We share a bedroom, like the four of us. Uh-huh. And then I go to my friend's house and they live in like a mansion. And I'm just like, wow, like our family is like poor, you know, and I didn't know that, but I never felt it. And so from there on, I was like, I want like a really good life for myself and an easy life for my parents because they work so hard. They're always working and grandma's always taking care of us after school. So already at a young age, I already instilled in my mind what I desired for my future. So growing up a traditional Asian family home, parents are always pushing education, education. But for me, I had this creative mindset. Like I always wanted to create beautiful things. I wanted to be a wedding designer or a florist or an event coordinator, bring beautiful stuff to people. And and but my parents were like that's not a real job. You gotta <laughs> go to college and get a regular real job. So growing up, I followed the traditional route. Uh-huh. I did college, studied finance, did my nine to five the first ten years of my career. Um, I enjoyed it, but on the weekends, I fulfilled my passion in wanting to do, like, things that are creative, like, you know, coordinate weddings and design weddings and whatnot. So I side hustled uh, from the age of, you know, 19 until today. And, um, and then eventually when I got married with my husband, who is in the military, I had to follow his career. So I gave up a lot of my like dreams and career goals to follow his, but I always made sure I did my side hustle and then having to quit like really good secure jobs in like the finance world to follow his career was challenging too because every time we moved somewhere new, I had to start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there are certain jobs that I wanted, but it wasn't available at that time or at that place that we were living at because being in the military, um, our family has moved 12 times already. And so imagine having to always get up and go and leave like jobs that you love. So I learned early in our marriage that, okay, I need to create a career that I'm going to love and I'm going to take it everywhere I go. So I started manifesting all of that, you know? And then when I had my son, I was 23 when I had my son and I've always been attracted to Hawaii. Growing up in California, I grew up on the beach too. Um, right on the ocean. I always wanted to like experience Hawaii. I'm like, someday it would be so cool, honey, if we got stationed there or lived in Hawaii. So when my son, our son was born, I gave him an, like a Hawaiian name. His name I named him Kiani. Like from that day, I was starting manifesting like, okay, <laughs> maybe if I give him like a Hawaiian-ish name, we, you know, we will somehow manifest our you know, our dream of living in Hawaii one day. And like, you know, 20 years later, here we are living in Hawaii and we're planning a return. It's a permanent home. So that's why I am like a true believer in law of attraction and manifestation because it is real because I'm living proof that everything that I dreamt of, wanted, I chose that path and I created everything that would align properly to the for it to come to life. And so, yeah, it's just crazy. 
that like they have a book about it now, you know? I've been living this my whole life. <laughs> that is just so unreal awesome. And I feel so inspired talking to you and just meeting you for the first time because the way that Maya and I met was I had a client who wanted to shoot at your studio. And so I came to shoot there and I saw the beautiful place that you created and I swear, guys, when you walk into the Aloha Paradise studio, you just, like, feel the good energy and the good vibes of the space. And everything that you exude is so good and pure, too. It just feels good to be around you and in that place. So I was just like, oh, my God, I love it here. And it's beautiful. And I got to take such awesome pictures there because of (laughs) how great it is. And so I was just already like so impressed by that. And then as I'd watch your stories and stuff, I was just very much inspired by everything that you do. And so I was feeling on my heart, like, I would like her to be on the podcast, but I had no idea how much you practice the law of attraction and manifesting and stuff. Just even without it, I was like, I need to know what she's doing because it is awesome. And so when I reached out to you and you said, yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years. And I guess even more so, that's just when you put like the label on it. Right, right. I've been doing it without knowing that I was doing it. But like 15 years ago, that's when it all hit me like, oh, this is a thing. Like, yeah. That must have been really cool too, just like to reaffirm everything that you were seeing happening in your life and that you felt to be true is like, okay, other people think so too. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I love it, and um, the the beautiful thing about the law of attraction is because I'm a firm believer in it, and I always tell like the younger folks, you know, while you're young right now, create your path and your desire, what you want now, just like put it out there to the world, and think of yourself as a magnet. You know, if you want to attract joy, happiness, positivity, put it out there in the world, and it literally will come back to you because I have people or I know people that are really like down and negative about life or they utilize like their struggle as a handicap or as an excuse so they're stuck in a rut and because that's what they're putting out in the world that type of energy you know and the ones that are putting out energy and 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 like their dreams and goals and surrounding themselves with the right people too is important because you you have to not only put like your wishes and dreams out to the universe, but also um, surround yourself with good, like good vibes, good people too, because then it all helps bring everything to life. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100% because I think that everybody can relate to if you are around people who are more negative and pessimistic, it just kind of can maybe feeling a bit drained and mm-hmm. like, well, maybe like my dreams can't happen because like their life is like not working out for them. So it can just make you reflect back. And I think it's really cool to have really positive people that are doing awesome things and living their passion and achieving these great things because it just inspires you like, wow, if we can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that a lot in my life. And I'm really grateful that I feel like as I really committed to living a joyful life and 
a life that I'm happy and where I'm following the things that I enjoy to do. I feel like God has just given me all of these people who are doing it and who are happy and who are just proving to me that all of these things that I dream of and all of this stuff that I read about, about the law of attraction and manifesting, it totally works. Like, it's crazy to me because I feel like when I first heard about the law of attraction, of course, I think that we're always using it no matter what, but I definitely was in much more of a negative space and would just kind of let my emotions take me wherever they felt like. Like, I wouldn't consciously be like, okay, girlfriend, you need to like pull yourself out of this. I would just kind of let myself feel that way. And so everybody around me, if I spoke about the law of attraction after I watched The Secret, I'm like, this thing is amazing. Have you guys heard about this? And everybody would be like, everyone around me at that point mostly would be like, that's way too good to be true. Like, no way. And now I feel like so many people around me, almost everybody around me believes in it is like consciously trying to enjoy their life and put out that kind of good energy like you too I feel like you kind of just fell into my life and I'm like oh my goodness so cool to see I know it's it's so amazing how sometimes the stars just align like perfectly for like people the right people to come into each other's lives you know and um I also want to say that you know like our our mind and our mindset and our thoughts is such a powerful thing. What we think and what we put in our mind can totally control the outcome of our life, you know? So I always um, tell people it's super important to have the right mindset on living your life because having like that negative energy can, can totally deteriorate you from like reaching your, your goals. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is maybe one of the biggest takeaways you've learned over the years of using this? Um, I mean, for me, because I see it, I see it as, you know, like all of us, we the exterior part a lot of times we think it's more important, but internally, I feel like now, like what goes on inside is more important than what's on the outside because you know, like a lot of us, we go to the gym and work out and train our body to physically be healthy and look good. But then we forget that we, it's more important to actually train our minds and our thoughts because we can look amazing, but if we're feeling or our mind is thinking, oh, I look bloated today, but like you're sitting in the mirror, but you have a six pack, um, it's not going to make a difference no matter how hard you go to the gym and work out or exercise or jog or do other extracurricular activities to, you know, have that physique look that you want. But if you don't exercise your thoughts and your mind first, then all of that doesn't really matter, you know? And so just being positive and, um, you know, also taking risks too. I'm I'm all about that because now I get a lot of clients that come to my studio to photograph content for their new businesses or current businesses. And I love hearing their stories on how they started their businesses and their passion. And then I get a lot of people that 
approached me and will ask me like how did you start your business I always wanted to start a side business but I'm too scared you know I'm in college full-time or I just graduated but they wanted like a side hustle or a creative outlet and I just tell them go for it you're so young I mean you have absolutely nothing to lose so you young folks out there if you guys want to start a dream business or experiment with anything, like jump in and go for it. Because if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can start all over again and hit the reset button. I mean, look at me, I am 43 and I started new careers like at the age of 40. Having to like leave a very secure financial job 10 years ago and just following my heart and my passion now has been probably the best thing I've ever Mm -hmm. done in my life. So I always tell people like, Follow your heart. Do something you absolutely love and you look forward to waking up to every day because if you love what you do, it'll never feel like work, you know? Absolutely. So that is so, so important. The money is good, but if you chase the money, sometimes money cannot buy happiness. But if you do something you absolutely love and the bonus is you get paid, that's like freedom. To me, that's a definition of success. Some people define success as making a lot of money. For myself, I define success as uh, having freedom to not work when I don't want to, to work when I want to, and go wherever, whenever I please. So freedom to me is the definition of success. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Do you feel that when you are doing something you love and pursuing your passion, because you're enjoying it and you're in that high vibe space, sometimes the money can even come and flow to you in a more easy way slash you'll still have lots of money because you're so happy and it's just that good energy is attracting more good to you yes yes i i mean i'm a believer in that for example when i had my you know nine to five job and i got a paycheck every two weeks it was nice it paid the bills i contributed to my family but I just like, I dreaded going to work every Monday and I always look forward to Friday. I'm like, this is my life. Like I, I dread Mondays and I look forward to Friday. Like this is it. I grew up and studied hard and went to college. This, this is life. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want to be able to just like go and do whatever I please and work whenever I want to. So in a way, um, being married to my husband also um, with his interesting military career, it helped me get out of my comfort zone too, to kind of just take risks and explore because I didn't have any other option than to just be stuck at home, twiddle my thumb and wait for him while he comes back from a deployment or training or he's gone five months out of the year or a year, you know, gone. And so um, being a single mom and balancing career, I was just like, I need to do and create something that I can be in complete control of. There's so much in my head that like I want to share and um, think about. And so I'm like, my mind is old. I'm like, I want to cover this and I want to cover that. But um, going back to the money part, don't chase the money. Chase your passion and your, your love for what you're doing. And then the money will follow. Trust me, because... When I started my picnic business, I was the first pop-up picnic here in Hawaii. It's crazy that no one has started that like three years ago. It is and crazy. I, and the, fun, <laughs> the funny thing was we knew a year before that we were going to move here. because Before we moved to Hawaii, we were stationed in Japan. And when we found out we were moving to Hawaii, I spent like six months studying 
like the community, the market, uh, research, research, get to know your like ideal clients and customers. And so when I did that and found out there's no pop-up picnic company here, I said, I'm, I'm going to go full force on that. Even though like my background is in weddings and special events, I wanted to start something that's more intimate and smaller scale because when I was younger in my 20s, I had the energy to coordinate and do like weddings of like 500 guests and mm-hmm. 200 guests. Now that I'm older, I wanted to do more things that are slower paced and more personable. And like picnics is perfect because it's outdoors and I'm, I'm obsessed with picnics and it's, it's like <laughs> so cute, cute, you know? And so I started that and the first two months I was like, I would be happy if I can do like one to like four picnic gigs a month. And then after two months when people heard about my service, I was doing like four picnics a week and then I had to start to hire like a team to help me. And then it was doing really well and then COVID happened and then of course everything went to a halt, no gatherings, no um, events and the beach, remember when we had the beach closures yes. and stuff. And so I was stuck at home and um, because I'm super extra, I have a bathtub in my backyard <laughs> just for myself to chill in and drink my beer and my wine. Actually, that was inspired from a trip that our family took about four or five years ago to Bali. And so every hotel we stayed at had like an outdoor bathtub and they, they would fill it with flowers. I'm like, you know what, honey, when we go back home, I'm going to get a bathtub and put it in our backyard. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> and then when we moved to Hawaii a few months later, I got a bathtub and put it in the backyard. And he's like, what is that? I was like, a bathtub, remember? Like just in Bali. I'm just going to chill and drink my beer and my wine. And so when COVID happened, I hopped in and sprinkled flowers in there, took some selfie, posted it on my personal Facebook page. And um, a lot of my photographer friends were like, oh my gosh, can I bring a client to shoot here? Like, you know, we can't go shoot at the beach because the beach is like closed and whatnot. Um, I'm like, yeah, sure. I hardly ever use it. And then after they photographed a few sessions, um, it just blew up. And then they're like, oh, I have another client. Can they book? how much do you want to rent it for? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then it just turned into a thing where I'm like, okay, this is a thing that people love to do. And then with COVID, everyone was bored at home. So when they discovered my floral bathtub, they're like, oh, a good excuse to like get, you know, dolled up and cute and go take photos in a safe, you know, environment. And so that's basically how it kind of happened. People started coming. I was hosting um, a lot of maternity sessions. Uh, I don't know. Everyone's getting pregnant during COVID. (laughs) And so it went from like, you know, one to two sessions a week to now I host an average of three to four sessions a day. And probably 75% of my clients are maternity clients. Everybody's just getting busy staying at home. <laughs> so this is something I absolutely enjoy now because I'm at home. I'm creating a beautiful experience for someone to like document like a huge milestone, whether it's their pregnancy or their 21st birthday celebration or just because, you know, with their BFF. And here I am, you know, place strategically placing flowers in the bathtub. Sometimes the girls are like topless and getting all cute and sexy for their husband or their boyfriend. And so I joke around and I tell people all the time, like, yeah, I literally like pluck flowers out of people's butt cheeks for a living. <laughs> and like, it's blossomed literally, no pun intended, into like the six figure salary, like by accident because of COVID. 
And so here I am. So I'm telling you guys, like, chase your dreams and your passion and desire and the money will follow. Like, who would have ever thought that, you know, someone who has a finance background is here in Hawaii, like having the dream job of creating magical experiences, plucking, you know, petals off of people's nipples and butts (laughs) and making six figure salaries. So it's possible, like manifest that, you know, put out all of your desires out there to the universe, surround yourself with the right people and your dreams will happen. It'll come true, but you have to put in the work too, of course. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So much of what you say just hits so hard that I'm like almost like tearing up at parts because I'm so inspired and I just know everything that you're saying to be true. And I just learned about this a couple years ago. So it's just so nice to see somebody who's been doing it for longer and to actually see things that, like all that you've created, it's just so stinking awesome. But something that I wanted to touch on that you mentioned is I feel like sometimes we can feel that, okay, this is my passion now. For example, you doing 200 to 500 guest weddings Mm -hmm. and it's like okay yes I love this but now maybe I don't feel like working with so many people and doing all of the crazy hard labor that that takes I think it's cool to see that it's okay to be like well actually now this is my passion this is how I want to take it and it's okay you can make something successful in that way too without feeling like so stuck in exactly what you were previously doing just because you love that at that point doesn't mean that has to be forever yes yes that is so important too because as we grow and as we go through different stages in our lives what I wanted and desire when I was in my 20s is completely different than what I wanted and needed in my 30s and then now in my 40s and it's okay to shift because that's part of life is we we go through this whole growth and change change is good and change is healthy for our life because if we stay exactly the same trust me like that fulfillment of that happiness it'll be kind of like empty because you'll be like bored or you'll be like that's it you know so it's okay to kind of change your path and your journey i think more than anything, it's healthy for you because it keeps you alive and keeps you challenged and wanting more, you know? Because I know when I was in my 20s, early 20s, I had like an exact plan. Like I want to get married at a young age because I want to be a young mom. I want to have a total of three kids before I turn 30 so I can have energy to chase them. And (laughs) I also can be like a young mom with adult kids so we can go and travel and enjoy life and be good friends too you know and so like right now my son he's 20 now and so like wherever we go sometimes people think we're brothers and sisters but it's nice to have conversations with him now versus if I was to wait later but then a lot of things didn't go as I planned like I didn't get my three kids that I wanted my body only allowed me to have one I went through like a self-pity phase for a few years because of that But then, like, again, your mindset, the way you think is so important. Because here I was for a few years feeling, like, really sorry for myself. Like, why me? Why me? Why can't I have any more kids? It's not fair. Like, I know all these people that are unfit moms and they're just popping out babies every year. And here I am. I want to, like, share more love and raise more, like, healthy, happy kids. 
you know, to contribute to the world and I can't, my body won't allow it. But then I was like, oh my gosh, one day it just hit me like, why am I concentrating on something that I can't control and um, or have? Here I am, I have a beautiful, healthy child here. I should put all my energy on him and not put energy on like children that I can't have anymore. I feel sorry for myself. So when my mind shifted the way I thought, my life just like all these other new opportunities came about. Like I eventually start found a nonprofit organization that was close to my heart. And so it was a nonprofit organization that um, they raised funds and build schools in very remote villages in my birth country in Laos, mm-hmm. because um, Laos is like a very mysterious country in between Vietnam and Thailand. And so they hold the record for being the most heavily bombed country in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I was able to volunteer and work with them and help raise funds and hosted fundraiser events and we raised money and built so many schools and I would fly back and forth to help with the the school projects and we'll go distribute like um, school supplies to the children and stuff. So that felt the void in my heart of wanting more kids because all of the kids in the villages were like my children, you know? So I found a different route to, to heal and then when we started moving and I started um, growing and starting my businesses, that that became my baby. So mm-hmm. I'm like, see, the stars aligned and God had a different plan for me. Even though I can't have any more children, I am helping like so many children in the villages. And now my new businesses were born. And then if we had so much kid, we, we probably wouldn't even have enough money or time to travel and see the world and explore uh-huh. like we did you know, and all of the experiences that we had. So um, after I changed my mindset of feeling sorry for myself, why my life sucked and I couldn't have any more children, all these other blessings came to fruition. And it was like, wow, you know, it's just like, as like your thought is such a powerful place. Exactly. Even when we're kind of in a negative place, it's still so powerful in the fact that it's almost like blocking certain blessings and things because it's like huh you're putting out that kind of like lack and just sadness and all of that so it's like well why would we like attract these other awesome things to you you know Mm -hmm. but I think that that goes really well into something that I wanted to ask you I know that manifesting one of the biggest things about it is to feel good and to put out good energy even if you don't know exactly your plan for success or those things if you have that good feeling that's what will open the doors but this is the perfect example of sometimes there's challenges that come up in life that just make us feel down and make us feel so junk do you have tips on how to like remind yourself that of the things to be grateful for and to just pull yourself into a positive place again? Um, I mean, yes. I think more than anything, when, when like, I mean, I, I fall apart all the time, like, especially working in a stressful environment of, like, events or coordinating weddings. You're, like, dealing with someone's most important day. Sometimes I lose sleep for, like, a week prior to the wedding because I'm running, like, a gazillion meetings and I have to make sure everything's perfect, right? I um, relate yeah. to that. Oh my goodness. I'm like, okay, Krista, it's not helping to think about right. it right now, right. but I can't stop. I'm just like laying in my bed. Right. <laughs> yes. 
So, I mean, I'm just learning that to just try your best to just let it go. I'm like, we're all human and to not be so hard on yourself that everything will always work out no matter what happened. And if, you know, shit hits the fan, guess what? There's always a solution to everything. There's always an answer to everything. So I'm learning that it's okay if things fail or falls apart, we can always fix it. I think in life, we forget that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be stressed out. It's okay to have all kinds of crazy stuff happen because we can always fix it. You know, there's always a solution for everything. So I always tell people, like, don't sweat the, the small stuff. I have been trying to remind myself constantly now that everything's happening for a reason, especially in the times when things are going bad. And so far, I do feel like lots of times, of course, things suck in its moment. And I think it's okay to kind of grieve things not working out and just feel junk for a time. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I can always see, wow, you know, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned this or I wouldn't have been open to this different opportunity. Do you feel like you see that in your life? Oh, yes, all the time. Sometimes um, something bad happens in our life and we think it's the worst thing, but then sometimes they come in like a blessing in disguise, you know, without us even knowing. And so I take it as always a learning lesson when when it's like hard times because it's such a big learning lesson. Yeah. If you don't mind, do you have any kind of instances where you saw that come to be or like realize, huh, wow, maybe that was a good thing, a blessing in disguise? Oh my God. There's <laughs> like so many. <laughs> Probably one of the hardest mistakes till this day. Sometimes I still like ponder on it and I'm learning not to is um, my husband and I, at a very young age, like we bought our first home when I was 25 years old. Wow. And he was 26. So, you know, our son at that time was already like two years old. And so we're like, yay, we're doing everything right. Like check marking all of the things that we need to do. Like college, career, have a kid, now buy a house. Like we're, we're falling into that like traditional guidelines uh-huh. way of the route that we should go so we bought our home and we worked really hard and then a year later we're like let's buy another house and so being in southern california we kind of got stuck in that lifestyle of keeping up with the jones you know mm-hmm. so your friends you know get a car and you get a car your neighbor you know purchase a boat you get a boat your buy a house, they buy a house, we buy a second home, they buy a second home, mm-hmm. and we converted our first home into a rental, and then we moved into our second brand new home, and then the military decided to throw us a curveball and told us, well, you guys are moving to Japan, and we're like, we have these two homes, how are we going to pay for it, because then, like, my job was, a, like, an important source of income to, to help pay for these oh. two homes, and so we made it work but then the market crash i don't know if you remember you might still be too young but in 2008 the market the housing market crashed and so the value of both our homes was like cut in half 
So like if we were to sell it, we wouldn't even be able to pay off our loan because it was wow. worth less than what we paid for. But we had to let uh, one of the homes go. We had to sell one of the homes because when we moved, I couldn't get a job right away. And so I think that was the hardest thing. Like to me, I felt like we somehow failed in life because we were thinking too big out of our comfort zone, you know, financially, taking too much of a risk. And then now we had to um, sell one of the homes to help relieve our financial burden because I wasn't working at the time because we the military moved us. And sometimes it's just hard to like find a job right away. Especially in a different country. Yeah, especially in a different country because we were very limited because I couldn't get work like outside of the military base because I didn't speak the language and I didn't have the type of qualification they needed. So I had to only find a job that's within the military base that is very selected. It's not like in, in a big city. It's just a small military base where you drive around it within 10 minutes and that's the military base. Yeah. So the availability for the type of jobs were very limited. And so when um, we did have to sell our house and let it go, it was, it was so heartbreaking because we put so much financial investment into it that we didn't want to let it go but again we couldn't afford it and so my mom gave me a gentle reminder that like it's okay like just take it as a loss because even though like it's a huge financial loss you guys still have a roof over your head food on the table and clothes on your back and you can always work to make more money and eventually buy you know another home mm -hmm. and so she's like there's worse people in this situation where some people have to file for bankruptcy or are living in the streets or having to live with other families and you guys aren't in any of those situations you guys are still okay but you guys just need to let go of the house so it won't be a financial burden where you guys will maybe eventually get to you know that stage and so I think more than anything, it was like the pride thing because we're like, oh my gosh, we did so well in life at such a young age. We already like, by the age of 26, we already were buying our second home and everything. And then now we have to like sell it and let it go. But I see it as a total blessing in disguise because once we sold that house, it was like 50,000 pounds just lifted off my shoulders and my husband's mm -hmm. shoulders. And then we were able to concentrate and put all of our energy on everything else that would help us get back onto the right track, you know? And then eventually when we were living in Japan, when we sold the, our second house, our first house we kept and we kept it as a rental for three years while we were living in Japan. And then we had tenants that started, you know, paying late um, on rent. And so we were paying the mortgage. And then when they left, they left the house completely damaged. There were holes in the wall. We had a swimming pool and it was like a swamp. So we had to spend like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for the house to like be back to normal where it's safe to live again. Yeah. So our, our two homes were like such a financial burden to us. But then I think if we didn't struggle with those two homes and go through all of that struggle, it would have brought us now to where we're at now making smarter financial decision and smarter decision overall in life for our family you know yeah. and so sometimes when when you're young i encourage you guys to take risks and make those mistakes because you can still always refix fix it and repair it and find a solution and then the
the most beautiful things you're going to learn such good lessons from it just like what we did when we were rushing to buy too many homes at such a young age i think if it wasn't for the military like moving us we wouldn't have any issue but because the military moved us and i had to quit my job that's when it got challenging but the best advice is just like take those risks and go all in head first um i mean be careful but don't be afraid to make those mistakes because you can always backtrack and fix it i mean look at us now you know exactly yeah. what i was gonna say it's like even though that sounds so hard to deal with and heartbreaking in a way if you could show yourself in that moment when you're making that decision that you would be living in hawaii with a beautiful house that it seems like you love yes, yes. it's like it would just make you feel so much more at ease and I mean, from what we spoke about, it sounds like you enjoyed your time in Japan too, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. We love Japan. And if we could, we would probably live there forever because we were actually stationed there twice, from 2007 to 2009. And then we were blessed to you know, go back there again from 2014 to 2018. And so, um, again, the military lifestyles is full of challenges in itself in general and so but I think it helped build like thick skin for me because I had to be a single mom for so so many years because mm -hmm. even though we were in Japan my husband was gone a lot like every other month he was gone for two months and he'd come back home for a week and then he'd be gone for three months he'll come back home for four weeks and then he would be gone for like six months you know yeah. so it was like we we were like relocated to a foreign country and then like he was never there it was just my son and i but the opportunities there were amazing too because i'm the type of person that wherever i moved to i learned really quick to kind of emerge into the community and build your network and cultivate relationship and that's like the number one thing that's super important too is not only should you have a good mindset and positive attitude but go out there and network and cultivate relationship with people because it is so important mm -hmm. to, to have a community of a group of people that are like-minded and that will help encourage and motivate and push you for you to grow and be better. And so that's what happened when we had to move all the time. I always like found my little clique and we helped each other out if one of our husbands were deployed we would help with babysitting or laundry when the mom had to go to work and um also the opportunity of being able to live in japan provided us a really easy route to travel all over asia too so every month our family would just hop over to like a different country taiwan seoul hong kong thailand wow. bali vietnam and just go explore and um, emerge in the culture because I feel like um, traveling is probably the best education outside of like a, a school. You learn so much more about yourself and the world and you see life in a different perspective, you know? Yeah. That is so awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about more too, your travels. It seems like you've been blessed to see so many different places and experience so many different things. Would you mind sharing like maybe some favorite moments or lessons or anything that you feel good? Yes, yes. So in 2007, January, 
Um, I went back to Thailand and Laos for the first time since my family left the country in 1985. So that was a huge moment for me because this was, you know, my birth country and I haven't been back since then. So, and then I had my son with me at that time. He was um, five years old. So here I am going back to my countries with my son who's only here heard stories. And I wanted to take him to the village that I was born at. And I was so worried about him, like he might not adapt because I was told the villages didn't have running water, electricity and all that stuff. So I was more concerned about him. But when he got there, he enjoyed the village life, chased rooster, played with water buffalo in the stream. And I think it was me that had a hard time, like, because I was so adapted to, like, you know, America and the, the ways of technology and everything. And so, like, I mean, my cousin had to boil warm water for me to take a bath in, like, it, it was just crazy to see, like, after over 20 years that the village that I left was still exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And so it really made me open my eyes because going back to living in Southern California and buying homes after homes and keeping up with the Joneses and designer brands and stuff, when I went back to the village, I was like, those things aren't even important. Here are these villagers with absolutely nothing and they're so happy and stress-free. I'm like, wow. I would trade that for a designer bag or a nice fancy car or a big house because when I have those things, I'm stressed out because I constantly have to work to support those things so I can have those things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but then here are the villagers with like their beautiful garden of fresh vegetables and they just swim in the river, the lake, and um, life is so simple and they're so happy. And then here we are so stressed out about life and we have everything within mm -hmm. reach. And I'm like, that didn't make sense to me. And so from that day on, that's when like I started shedding everything. I'm like, I don't need designer bags. I don't need the fancy cars, you know, and I don't need the big homes. And I think ever since I shifted my perspective of life of like what is fulfilling and like what is considered successful, um, I realized that simplicity is what makes my life fulfilling and happy you know yes so that that had to do with traveling so traveling mm -hmm. is so beneficial so if you guys are young in your 20s you don't have any kids no baggage nothing holding you back like take a month or six months and just go backpack around the world once COVID is under control <laughs> like go and travel solo because I've done solo trips and you'll be amazed about how much you learn about yourself it's incredible oh my god yeah I can't I can't stress enough how important traveling is that is so awesome and so good to hear because I feel like growing up my dad really would tell me about how we can be happy and we don't need to have a lot of stuff. Like a lot of stuff is just a burden. But I think that it's so easy to get caught up in that of like, I want to have this beautiful home. And all of a sudden, not to say that you can't have a beautiful home, but it's just making me think about like my goals. And it's like, Krista, do you even really want that? Or is it just that you think that that's like what success is? Right. Right. It's like, 
to be happy and fulfilled is truly the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a good reminder in that story that you have. And I totally, everything you said about traveling totally made sense. And to just see a different perspective of life and to just have a wake up call of like, what's really important? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, yes. So traveling was a huge wake up call for me. Because I'm not saying like, don't let go of all like the nice things. I still get my nails done and pedicure and, you know, spoil myself here and there. But I thought that was the definition of success was, you know, having a good career, going to school, having a good career, buying a nice car, having a big home. I had the big, beautiful home, but it was always empty because my husband was gone for like a year and a half in the military. And I'm like, we have this beautiful home and we're not even here to enjoy it together. And then, um, so for me personally, when I stripped all those materialistic things down, it took off the weight off my shoulders and just for me to concentrate on living a fulfilling life. And so now I'm like, for me, investing in traveling is like what I like to do because I feel like it makes me feel richer when I, when I go travel and learn about these, these new culture and people and ways of life and experiences. That's like richness that will always stay in my heart. And that's something that like I won't easily like just dispose of and it just I'll forget about. You know, like I can buy like a beautiful pair of shoes or purse. I'm happy for a week or two. And then after that, it just sits in my closet. But when I invest in traveling, like till this day, I still think about all of the beautiful experiences that just that like that just makes me happy on a daily basis when I see little things that remind me, oh, I remember when we were in, you know, Singapore. That reminds me of a time when we were in Taiwan, the night market and stuff like that. Or the smell reminds me of being in Seoul when we were eating kimchi, the best kimchi <laughs> I've ever had, you know? Oh my yeah. goodness. So <laughs> awesome and so just true and that's what really matters those things that you're going to remember you're so right that these material things are just like it's cool and it's like nice for now it can feel rewarding but it's so temporary in Mm -hmm. comparison to these memories that are like really impactful forever yes so so good and you mentioned that you did lots of solo traveling do you have any tips on like how to do so and stay safe as like a girl traveling like that and to just experience everything yes so i did a lot of solo traveling in asia and you'll be surprised that there are a lot more solo travelers around the world than we could imagine i feel like like a lot of countries are pretty safe um after living in japan for so many years Every time we hear news about like a shooting or something going on in America, we feel like America is not as safe compared to other countries, you know? Yeah. So for me, when I just went and started traveling by myself, I n- never once did I felt like I was in danger or in a, a tough situation. And so there's there's like lots of hotels that are very like friendly for solo travelers, female solo travelers. There are lots of communities out there and social media groups out there that solely gives you advice and tips on traveling by yourself too. And then if you guys are 
like anyone ever want to venture out and travel on their own, you can always like reach me too and I can share some of my tips and stories as well too of my experiences. It's just right now is we're just in a different phase because of the pandemic that yes. things are a little bit different. But I'm praying that things will get back to normal soon, hopefully sometime next year, I'm thinking. Yeah. And then that way people can start traveling again. Maybe one day I'll host a fun like like boss babe traveling trip to asia and go see some of like the sources of products that <laughs> you know that we see here and or just go do like a self-love like kind of like a eat pray love kind of version for like <laughs> a few boss babes and go travel and around and just experience a different part of the world and you'll come back uh, learning so much about yourself and being re-energized and recharged and motivated to like you know just get more done and execute more of your goals and stuff so yeah so awesome I feel confident that if that's something on your heart you will totally execute it one day <laughs> and it's gonna be freaking awesome <laughs> out of curiosity as well something that I also would love to be able to have one day in my life are babies and I know that you have a son, and he's 20 now, you said, right? Mm -hmm. So he's all grown up, pretty much. I'm sure he still needs his mommy in a way, but... (laughs) (laughs) How would you kind of teach him all of the stuff that you came to learn about manifesting and being able to pursue his passions and stuff? Uh, Would you mind sharing that? Yeah. When I was a new mom, I immediately told myself, like, you know, I'm not going to be the traditional mom because I grew up in a very traditional Asian home where education is like, like forced into you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love the way my parents raised us, but they were so old fashioned that I am going to tweak some modern ways too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so take all of the good and instilled it into my child and then utilize what I've learned growing up or what I wish I would have, you know, learned or experienced and then kind of use that as my own version. And again, being a mom, being a parent is a constant learning process. You you don't become a mom and then you know it all. Like every stage in like our personal life, we go through different phases of learning and discovering who we are. Same with motherhood. Like when your baby is a baby, we have to learn how to handle our baby when he becomes a toddler we have to learn how to be a new mom to a toddler how to communicate with them when when our child becomes a a teenager we have to learn how to communicate and be a mom to a teenager so as they're changing throughout their life cycle we have to change our our motherly duties and ways too so it's constantly learning and evolving now I'm a different type of mom now because I have an adult child and so I can't be the same mom I was when he was five years old you know so we have to transition and go through the different cycles of motherhood too but to be able to be a mom that kind of instilled I've always told him to always follow your heart and your passion and what you love. And I think with him being um, 
also in the military we've moved and he's been to 13 different schools in his lifetime i've learned that because i've met families where they move constantly and they're super negative about oh they have to our kids have to leave their schools and start all over so, but i always make sure i put out positivity because they'll feed kids will feed off of our energy you know absolutely if we're grumpy negative stress they'll feel it too and um that's that's how they'll they'll act too their behavior will reflect on our energy so every time we had to move and leave and pack up our home i always told my son like hey we're going on a new adventure you're gonna meet friends and you're we're gonna have a, like a new home we can start decorating and you can have a cool new room again so trying to stay really positive and so even though he had to move often um he always saw it as a adventure too like that so awesome and then the cool thing is he's learned so many new life skills that that he wasn't even aware of because being able to just adapt to new environment every time we move adapt to new schools new teachers new people new culture and so once he got into high school and we started traveling whenever i go to school meetings and stuff the number one thing that I always hear from teachers is your son is so well-rounded. He knows how to hold conversation really well. And so it's nice to hear that because I think being able to expose him to like different parts of the world and traveling and moving so often that he naturally learned how to just adapt to his environment. So he can be like 12 years old, but can hold a conversation with a 40 year old adult or hold a conversation with a kid in, you know, Thailand, or we can go to Washington, D.C. to explore a museum. And he's able to have a conversation with like the tour guide about random questions and things like that. So he's so adaptable. And those are skills that sometimes even our adult lives, we are still struggling with how to learn, how to adapt. So he is able to already pick up those skills and traits and uh, be able to read people really well too. So I think being a parent, encouraging our children and just guiding them um, in a like positive way instead of like kind of like forcing them to go a certain route mm -hmm. is probably the most rewarding because for me, I remember growing up when I would come home with like straight A's, one was an A minus, and my strict dad would look at my report card and so going, oh, good job, you've got all straight A's, like, why did you get an A minus in this <laughs> class, you know? And till this day, I still remember like, oh my gosh, like, I got straight A, but it wasn't good enough. And so I had to learn as a parent to like, not to be so hard on our son, because he, he, he is more of the creative side versus the academic side. So we learned how to identify that at an early stage. So because before we would like be so hard on him with math. I'm like, why do you suck at math? You're Asian, you should be good, you know? So we had this expectation of him, uh -huh. like he should be just naturally good at math. And he wasn't. Yeah. He was great in everything else, English and science and art. He was just did so well. Instead of praising him and doing good in all those other subjects, we kept like concentrating on like, why aren't you getting better grades in math? Uh -huh. We got him private tutors and everything. And then that's when like I stepped back, like, wait a minute, I'm being like my dad, like, you know, just concentrating on the 
one thing that isn't great versus all the other great things that he's doing. And overall, he's like a great kid, but I'm not giving him credit for that. Instead, that's just, you know. so awesome to become aware and just, even if we're not being perfect all the time, it's like that's a cool thing to speak to the fact that doesn't mean you have to keep being down on him about math you can be like okay wait a minute like become aware and change how you're speaking about those things and start instead really encouraging him about the things he is good at right yes yes that's important yeah so that's what we did he loves art he loves the camera he loves photography he loves videography so when we learned that those were his strong traits being creative that's when we invested and encouraged him you know, to even hone his skills more. And so now he's, you know, in college studying digital media and he's a freelance videographer and he loves it, you know? Yeah. And so I'm that parent that like will tell like any kid, like you don't have to go the traditional route because the traditional route route was safe back in the days. But now with technology, social media, you can be on social media and have a full-blown career. There's no need to like go the traditional route. There's not one right way to be successful in life. There's so many multiple ways. That is so awesome. And it's so awesome to see how much it paid off that you did encourage him in those routes and that now he's doing what he loves and he's on this path to have a life where he's happy and fulfilled and to just have that encouragement from you that he can do these things and it will work out. That's just so awesome. And I just definitely take inspiration from you in that way of being a mom. And I'm so excited for my turn, but not ready, but excited (laughs) for that so much. Yes, definitely take your time because motherhood is a hard work and a lot of us we lose ourselves for the first few years of motherhood because mm-hmm. we literally give up our identity and our life just so that way we can concentrate on being present and being the best mom to this little human that we created so I myself am guilty of that too I lost kind of my identity as who I am because I was so worried about being a good mom to you know my baby and so we that's something that I think another tip that I would give to a new mom, a new future mom, is always take care of yourself first. You should be always a priority first before your baby. It, it sounds selfish, but if you can't be like mentally, physically 100%, how can you give 100% to another human being? You know? So true. Yeah. And just... Seems like common sense, but it definitely needs to be reminded Mm -hmm. because, like you said, you just want to be the best you can for them. And sometimes that is in taking care of yourself. But, oh my goodness. Any last things you want to add? Because I think that that was awesome. I'm like, kind of want to have you on again. (laughs) I mean, I'd love to come back because there's going to be a lot of changes and growth with, you know, Aloha Paradise Studio. I'm relocating to a a new location. It's just down the street from my house. Um, It's going to be a beachfront access and beachfront venue. We're going to create a lot of fun things there. There's so much going on. I have so much planned because... Not only do I want to create a space where people can come and photograph and create beautiful memories, 
but I also want to start hosting fun events where people can come and attend and take away something really special, whether if I host like a really fun halfway pole or workshop, they can come and learn a new skill, meet new people and build friendship and network and cultivate relationship. Or maybe one day do a an event where we host and invite all of like, you know, small businesses and kind of do like a little vendor fair. So we all can network and showcase our work. So I want to be more involved with the community and then maybe one day host a fundraiser event where we can do some fun event and raise funds and we can donate and do scholarship to like small businesses or up and coming entrepreneur that wants to start a business and you know give them like a scholarship to start off their business by like helping fund their website or branding materials and things like that so that's kind of like the route I'm shifting to not only will like the studio be like a place where you can take beautiful pictures and capture beautiful amazing content but also support the community that are the clients and, and whatnot too I love that and I know that it'll be successful and rewarding and truly help a lot of people. And I feel like as you're talking about it, I can just see in your eyes like lighting up that it's like, this is really your dream for it and Mm -hmm. that you have so much passion towards it. And I just know for a fact that it will be successful and it'll come together even better than we could imagine. Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited to see it all unfold for you and so excited for you in the new space too congratulations it looks amazing thank you you'll have to come out there and um, we'll do some fun collaboration but yeah the new space i'm like just putting it out there kind of like my dreams and goals about what i want to do so i'm putting it out there (laughs) law of attraction yeah i'm manifesting it right now so hopefully um everyone can kind of see it come to life you know so yeah oh my goodness yes we definitely need to have you back on then and to just kind of reflect on this and all that has happened since this last talk and I know that you just have so much more knowledge in there to share so I'm excited (laughs) and I'm like this might be my favorite episode because I just feel like I learned so much from you and it really made me think about lots of things in a different perspective and I'm grateful for that thank you thanks i'm honored for you to invite me over here and kind of share my insight and my experiences of you know the journey through life and how i got to where i am today yay please tell them where they can find you okay i am mainly on instagram aloha paradise studio and then if you go to my instagram i also have a website and then my picnics, um, we're working on a brand new website right now. I'm rebranding. I figure, you know, with last year being with COVID, the business kind of halted, but it's picking back up now and it's picking up really well. We're actually hiring. So we're looking for part-time team members to join us. So if you love creating magical experiences or just love being outdoor, hit us up because we, we need to grow our team. And um, let's see, our studio is out in Eva Beach. And um, other than that, we'll be here. <laughs> yes. Tell them the picnic Instagram. Oh, yes. It's um, under Aloha Picnics. Oh, I'm so excited. I love everything you do. It's always so beautiful and like looks so peaceful and nice <laughs> and fun. So I'm just excited to keep watching your journey. And yeah, I'm just like, 
grateful for this opportunity to talk to you. I loved it so, so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I mean, I love creating these businesses because every time people like arrive at their picnic or arrive at my studio, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just walked into like my Pinterest dream board. <laughs> yes. And so that's the thing. People always ask like, how do you come up with these ideas? I'm like, well, I kind of think like the client, like what would I want as a client? That would be cutesy yeah. and like worthy of Instagram. So because nowadays it's all about like Instagram and Facebook and just enjoying that experience. I tell people all the time, like people shop with their eyes first. They invest with their eyes first. So if something looks good, feels good, then they're gonna be like, take my money and I wanna <laughs> be a part of it and I wanna I want to experience it too. You know? Yeah. Cause I think nowadays we we are all about living for the experiences now. Yeah. So just like with traveling, if it's something fun and I can experience it and create beautiful memories and want to be a part of it, I want to invest in it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so good. Everything is like so valuable and impactful. I'm like, just can't wait to go and listen back to this like once a week or something. Like <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to... Follow the podcast on Instagram. It's Abundant Feminine. If you want to follow me, my personal is Krista Chambers. And my businesses are ChrisTaylor.photo for my photography. And my plant and crystal and flower shop is called GrowBabe.high. And thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you got as much out of this as I did. And enjoy the rest of your day and your week. Bye. Bye.